Hello and welcome to that film, Stu. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at No Time to Die. Directed by Kari Joji Fukunaja, No Time to Die is the 25th film in the James Bond series produced by Eon Productions and the fifth and final outing for Daniel Craig in this current continuity. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched No Time to Die yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. In an alternate reality, we would have been talking about this movie in April of 2020. But No Time to Die was the first major film affected by the COVID pandemic. But we've got it. We've got it finally. Luke, you have the plot. Bond has left active service and is enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica. His peace is short-lived when his old friend Felix Leiter from the CIA turns up asking for help. The mission to rescue a kidnapped scientist turns out to be far more treacherous than expected, leading Bond onto the trail of mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. I mean, let's start and get it out of the way. Let's talk about the delay of this movie and how long we've had to wait for it. And then lucky us here in Australia had to wait just a little bit longer than most of the world. Not much, can I, but, uh, but a little bit. Can I start by saying, now, this is not my rating, but the experience of watching a Bond film. So this is not my rating of this film, but an experience of watching Bond on the big screen. I'm glad that we waited. I'm glad that a streaming service didn't snap up this movie and give us the option to see it at home. Maybe I would have been tempted, but seeing it on the big screen, like that first 10, 15 minutes before the opening, that had to be seen on the big screen. I mean, 100%, like it, it, it definitely, again, like, you know, not showing my hands too early, but just the, the epicness of a Bond film. And I know there have, you know, there definitely have been some not so great Bond films, but, you know, recently they've deserved to be on the big screen. They're, they're this high octane, large scale productions, Bond, you know, super spy, doing this, doing that, globe trotting, action set pieces, locations. It's cinema. Like this is take me to the movies so yeah waiting has been a pain in the ass but oh I, mean, I agree yeah no no i i agree talking about i mean it's i mentioned hard, the i mentioned the, but i mentioned this has been like like this was like the first major movie to be delayed so it was uh, i guess a bit of a big deal and it's been sort of like that sort of flagship film in the whole you know hollywood's pretty much on pause throughout you know especially the first year of the pandemic I mean, I think just in terms of anticipation, it's only just kind of heightened it. I think maybe at some point anticipation might, like for me anyway, sort of dropped a little bit just because, you know, at some point the wait just gets so long and it's sort of just like, well, we're never going to see this movie. Like, it's just not going to happen until until it comes. Like, it's just, it's just not going to happen. It got delayed again and again and again. But then I think in the last few, like, I think when it finally released in the UK, you know, at the very end of September and then, United States got it. And then it was like us waiting here patiently for it. I think that's when it was like, okay, I'm pumped now. 
I'm a little annoyed because we're waiting a little <laughs> bit longer, but the excitement came back and it was like, give me this Bond film. Daniel Craig's last outing. It's meant to be this big hurrah, like trying to avoid spoilers. Luckily, all good. All yeah, good. no, we're I right there. Oh, yeah. I didn't get spoiled at all. You mentioned September in the UK. I'm from the UK. All my mates went out to see it as soon as it came out. So they, it's been and gone for them. And I've been waiting like you to finally to finally see it. And yeah, Bond, it's a spectacle. I've seen all the Daniel Craig movies at the cinemas. And we're talking spanning 15 years. That's how long he's that, played Bond. That is pretty weird, yeah. I mean, look, I, I did a... I mean, I'm, I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm definitely bonded out <laughs> right now, only because I've spent the, the, the past five days literally watching each of these Daniel Craig Bond films, starting from Casino Royale Monday, and then, you know, that was the second one, Quantum of Solace Tuesday, Skyfall Wednesday, Spectre Thursday, and then No Time to Die on a Friday night. Like five days straight. I haven't done much housework, um, you know, like, <laughs> I not mean, much has happened. We're, but essentially, you've binged it like a TV show. Daniel yeah. Craig's tenure as Bond, you've sit down and watched it as a boxer. I mean, that, that's right. And it is sort of like, you know, like episodes have their ups and downs. You know, not every episode is perfect. But Are I mean, you talking what? about Quantum of Solace? <laughs> I, I mean... I got to, I just watching that one. It was like an, uh, it was giving me like epileptic seizures, man, with the editing. I, I just couldn't deal with it. It's a, I, it's a, it's a, it's not a great movie. It's okay. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed it more upon this recent rewatch because, like you, I did do a full rewatch of all the Daniel Craig films. Only unlike you, I did it over a period of weeks that so I didn't go now. A lot healthier. Now. It's a lot healthier. But at the same time, though, I'm definitely glad that I did because I'd only seen Spectre when it first came out. And that was at the cinema. Same, yeah. So oh, I have it on Blu-ray. I had to, I had to open the, the, the shrink wrap. It was still wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> well, a shout out to a local library. I borrowed it from the library. Not Blu-ray, DVD, slumming it a little bit. But um, mm. yes, that's where I did my rewatch. Because, and I'm glad that I did because I forgot that they pretty much had Bond ride off into the sunset. Like they gave him closure in that film. And I forgot that's how it ended. So I'm glad I did that rewatch because otherwise the opening of this movie, I'd be like, hang on, what's happening? Directly continue yeah. on from oh, that film. Just watching, watching Spectre again, I was like, I don't remember any of this movie. Like I remember the stuff with Blofeld. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I 100 I was like did I fall asleep at the end of that movie I had no idea it was a happy ending you know like that yeah Madeline was still alive well, I could have I, I don't know if you were like play some bets on what happened at the end of that like, oh, she probably died I don't know honestly <laughs> like my my perception of Daniel Craig as Bond and what we'd covered was off because I thought you know we're going to be reviewing no time to die. So what I'll do is I'll repost the review we did of Skyfall and the one we did with Spectre. I couldn't find our Skyfall episode, and I realised ah oh, we didn't do one. It's been that well, long. We've been doing long this been. podcast for a number of years, <laughs> but we've only had two Daniel Craig Bond films in that time, and like a hundred Marvel films. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did that. We did that big. You know, Marvel Phase One catch up. Maybe we need to do a 
Daniel Craig catch up, but uh, another day. We'll talk about it. Listen, <laughs> I was going to speak to you off air. I thought that would be a good milestone episode. <laughs> you beat me to it. I feel like it's done now. This is the last Daniel Craig. Uh, it's it's done. It's all good. We don't need to do it. Can we at least finish this review? I'll, I'll say Maybe we should. It. We've never started. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's start. Where where should we actually start? The opening, I think, is a is a is a perfect way. And I, I'm not just going to say this straight away. This is like a mini movie in and itself. Before the opening, like you know, you get that the Billie Eilish "No Time to Die" you know, theme song plays. Before all that happens, you get this. Like, it's probably like 13 minutes or something of this little short film. It even has its own prologue, which is very oh, weird for a, for a Bond movie. It's all usually action, action, action. Yep. You know what I like? Not just this Bond film, but all of Craig's Bond films is that they don't always stick to the formula. And yeah. at times, they cherry pick what they do and don't want to use. Like when Craig was first cast as Bond with Casino Royale, like it, it was serious. And that kind oh, of yeah, that followed film. on into <laughs> Quantum as well. And then it was a bit cheeky in Skyfall. And you've got the car and the gadgets and the introduction of Q. And then even in, in this film, like, it's very serious at times. And Daniel Craig, although he can do a few quips, and he pulls them off, is a very serious Bond. And I like him for it. For this take on Bond, it works really well but yes they definitely do cherry pick what they do and don't want to use so the opening it fits his bond it doesn't have to look and sound like what happened in those previous films and you're right it's probably longer than we'd normally get before the opening tiles well that's it they've all been different lengths and stuff like like sticking to just these iteration of bond films but even like you know whether we're talking like the you know casino royal being such a such a very like grounded sort of tone and then from then on it kind of you know it kind of goes a little bit more crazy i kind of look at it like the fast and the furious franchise except probably not as probably not as ridiculous but it just it it embraces the fun you know craziness of like the bond genre and the bond films and stuff as we go which is always good um but always you know the opening the cold opens it they're always they're action orientated I mean, Casino Royale just had, you know, like it was just sort of uh, like a hand-to-hand fight scene mixed with like, you know, all black and white. It's crazy. It's mental. Um, with just like, you know, just a gunshot. Like that, that's but still action-orientated. It's just like, whoa, there's a bit of a kick-ass scene. Other than Integral that, it's been... to the character, though. Yeah, of course, he needed that you know, second kill. Yeah. To get his double O status, all that kind of stuff. But the other openings have all been, you know, it's an action sequence. It's him like taking someone down, chasing someone, running on rooftops, you know, like something crazy happening, a helicopter blowing up. I don't know. God knows what. This one, we still get, you know, like that, yeah, the, the cool car scene with the, uh, you know, like the machine guns coming out. He's gunning people down. There's a car chase in there. But besides that, like, what? I was really surprised to actually get a scene where I'm like, holy shit, my heart is breaking right now. Like, what is going on? Like, there's betrayal. Yeah. I, I don't know if I believe what's happening. Like, is she is she a little bit sneaky? Is she, you know, has she betrayed him? Or That's what's so like, good it, about has it. Has she been set up? I'm like, I genuinely have no idea. And then it's like, because of, you know, Bond's like mistrust of people, he's like, you know, 
he believes everyone's going to try and turn on him at some point. Like he, he sends her away, and I was just like, "Holy shit! How am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way at the start of a Bond film? Like <laughs> what? So surprised. Yeah, like there was actually emotional weight. Yeah, yeah there's, there's so much going on. And that's on the say, back of the big flashback to yeah. Madeline's past childhood. That's right. The um, opening. And we get the, movie. the introduction of, you know, uh, Rami Malek's character. We don't know at the time, but I mean, yeah, you know. We did. You know. You, you, <laughs> We've seen the trailer. You know. We've seen the mask. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, that mask, like, I was going to have this as my trivia later, but I came up with something else. But but that mask, it's, um, so it's like a Japanese kind of, um, like, style thing. And it's referred to, spelt N-O-H. I refer to it as like a no mask. I think that led into the speculation that Rami Malek could be playing some sort of interpretation of a Dr. No. Oh, they take things back that. to. They've given us blood. I thought they would have. I do you know what his his lair is on a bloody island. I think <laughs> I think they address the Dr. No stuff a bit, and then we when we do get to that Billie Eilish, you know, opening credits thing, it sounds like all the. It's just, I mean, it's got the dots kind of style art stuff just like from dr no i mean they're hinting at certain things and there's similarities to to stuff there but maybe when we talk saffron a little bit later we can get into it well billy eilish on her it's decent it sounds like a bond song it helps that the there's the um the john barry bond theme on occasion in the background i mean that really sells bond doesn't it so it sounds it does, yes. like bond. <laughs> but skyfall adele she oh, I mean, yeah, so and there's been other good. good ones as well. Don't get me wrong. Do you know what? It was it was better than that Sam Smith one True. from Spectre. Had a good oh, one. that was actually on this rewatch. I did. I was like, that was painful to watch. I was like, this is actually a bad song. Like, not just a bad Bond song. I was like, this is a. I don't enjoy listening to this. It's actually, and I, you know, I'm pretty free and loose with music. I'm like, what a, you know, what a, but like, I was like, this is actually. I don't like it. I really don't enjoy it. So, so this just, was. Because he followed Adele, just in general. Uh, no, yeah, just in general. Like, <laughs> but this one, he's okay, and it works enough. But because yeah. we'd had such a long opening, and then the opening title credits, and it, most movies nowadays, you get a title card, like TV shows. That's it. Like, there's no time. Momentum just needs to... Title yeah. card. And that's what's... We start with this long opening, because it, it's what Bond is. It's classic cinema. I mean, it's been going for so many years. I like the fact that they hold on to that. Other films don't, but this franchise does. And it started with Billie Eilish, that slow opening. And you know you're going to go all the way through the main credits. And as it was starting, I was watching it. My first thought was, oh, here we go. Got to wait for the movie to to carry on. (laughs) But now I'm like, you know what? With that opening, absolutely earned it. Because if I'm honest, the rewatch at home, I may have fast-forwarded a couple of the openings, <laughs> but watching it at the cinema, you just need to wait. I'm like, you've earned it. I'm going to sit. I'm going to let it wash it's, over me. I'm going to enjoy it. It's like, especially like following that opening, it's almost like I needed that, like, just just almost pause. I need to, like, sort of debrief and be like, holy shit. Like, like okay, cool. Like, it was, it was just such a big bang that it's like, okay, yeah, give me these credits so I can just sit here and just relax for a second and process and just prepare for what's what's sort of to come. And, you know, it works. I'm all for, like, opening credits. I'm all for it. But these ones these ones are pretty good. Um, in terms of, like, like the animation and stuff they threw in there and, you know, like, you know, there's all, like, visually, you know, it's a whole 
it's almost like a little art piece in itself. I found a lot of the previous ones, they were, I don't know, they were very like, yeah, I'm going to say it. They were quite homoerotic. Like, they were very much like Bond, you know, without his shirt off or like a really close shot of like his, you know, piercing blue eyes. I was like, <laughs> I feel kind of uncomfortable watching this, but, you know, it's all good and it's, but, you know, it's always like, you know, like the sexy silhouettes of like ladies or women and or like the big octopus thing. And, and I was like, you know, know. Let, me, let me just say this. That's not been my takeaway. I've not had the same takeaway as you. You fast forwarded through them. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I've seen them. But all, all those classic ones, all the previous ones, you're looking at the ladies and that's all. Yeah, that's it. Is. And, I feel, and but now like, these ones have always focused on on Daniel Craig, and I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this. But this one was okay, good. Though. That's just, okay though, because just... <laughs> you know, male and females can watch and enjoy these films. And maybe after all these years, this is for the ladies. I can't remember which one it was. One of them just had him like without his shirt on, and it was like just panning towards him really slowly, and he was just breathing really heavily. But that's okay. Like, <laughs> that's okay. I don't know. It doesn't right. Chris Pratt. Star Lord, Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> Thor. It's just a thing that happens. Um, yeah, okay, it's fine. It's fine. I'm just trying to give these I mean, know what? the praise it deserves. <laughs> I you liked them. Was... You mentioned Doctor No, and there's that classic shot. It, the lady, I'm forgetting the name. It's been a while since I watched that one. In the bikini, Not coming out, out of the water. water. Yeah, and yeah. then they did that with Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. Maybe you want something there. <laughs> They flipped it. That's okay. That's all right. But anyway, I guess we'll move on from the Billy Eilish opening credits thing. I mean, the thing is, I heard this song like a, like over a year ago. Oh, we all which was for such a long time ago. Yeah. That's when yeah, the movie that... was on track for coming out. Oh, yeah, it was part of its marketing. It was like a big thing, and it's like, yeah. But what I I, I kind of expected them to sort of push the song again and almost like re-release it and have it like as a time. But no, it hasn't really. Hasn't really resurfaced, so I don't know. Bit of a shame there. Before the <laughs> movie, did you see that Heineken ad where it's Daniel Craig versus James Bond? No. Okay, silence. It is, it is <laughs> such a good ad. But I looked through it online, and I have, I've shared it to our Facebook page. It's a really funny ad. And it's Daniel Craig playing a version of himself, getting mistaken for Bond, and oh, can't right. quite okay. do the things that Bond does, but it's a Heineken ad. So it goes to the bar, they go to give him the martini, he requests a Heineken. It's a really funny ad. You should check it out. Not now, wait till we finish the review. But um, but check it out. But anyway, so I saw that before the movie, and then I thought I'll look for it to share it on social media. That ad came out a year ago. So just like the Billy Eilish <laughs> the marketing for this film yeah. has been going for so long. They were close. Oh no, they were I mean I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't think in Australia you could, but like in the United States, like you could actually buy your tickets for Bond but when it was scheduled to come out in April of 2020. Wow. Like you could get your tickets. That's a lot People of people bought tickets, and then they had to, yeah, they had to get refund. Anyway, let's um, let's actually get to the meat of this movie. So, like, you know, we've got we've got Bonnet. We we jump forward five years. He's he's no longer with MI6. Well, like from the side of the movie as well. Um. Obviously, you know, like he's he sent Madeline away. He's like, no, Doctor Swan, you you did me dirty. You're out. You're gone. Um, he's approached by Felix Leiter, comes back, good old Jeffrey Wright, and basically has a has a favor to ask, a mission, 
we need to get this rescue this scientist and there's this whole there's this whole thing there's this new character logan ash played by uh billy magnuson who we turn out it turns out he's a little bit a little bit shady in the in well, cahoots with the it was that's a little bit suspect to get wasn't he it was a little yeah. bit suspect <laughs> just has that look about him so <laughs> just keeps smiling that's the that's the gag um but always good to i mean good to have Jeffrey Wright back. Um, I think he, he's been absent from the past two, I believe, from memory. Yeah, I think we first get it is all a blur. I guess it is all back in now. quantum. So I think you're right. Yeah, he's sat out too, and he's back in this, and it's really good to see him back. I mean, they they really pushed like. I'm not sure how I feel, how I feel about this, but like they they really pushed that that Bond and Felix Leiter had like a very strong friendship. You know, flash like jump to the end of the movie. It's like Bond refers to him as his brother. Yeah, I buy it completely, yeah. and it, it does work because you've got Blofeld, another brother, one that Bond doesn't accept, and obviously they're enemies. And he's is an orphan, and he's I guess what he has with Felix is respect, trust, and that's their yeah. bond. That's that's what it is for them. So even like you know, Felix is like, I can only trust you. And I can only trust you because you're no longer a double O. Like you, you're a, not a solo agent, but you're retired. And that's the only reason yeah. I can trust you because Mallory is doing something maybe he shouldn't be. So I do buy that they've got that trust and that relationship. It is. And unfortunately, we do, we do lose that character. But I mean, um, I mean, I've talked about this being, you know, Daniel Craig's last, um, you know, last go at this. For this continuity, I mean, has it been confirmed that like they're going to restart or, or? Oh, that's something? yeah. No, that's absolutely what's happening. So this continuity is coming to an end, right? They're, yeah, they, yeah. No, it's, um, it's definitely it's definitely ending. Like whether they're going to do something period based that have Bond in the nineties or noughties. I don't know what the plan is going to be, but they're not just going to have another actor come in. Like remember when so this Craig definitely first is... took over, Judy Dench stayed on as M, but then. Even that was a that continuity didn't continue, but they kept that yeah. actress. Whereas it's going to be completely new. Like the cast you see in this film, that's it. So, and I knew watching this, just like you, that know, this is Daniel Craig's last Bond. And essentially, you know, I always viewed it as the last in this series. That like there's no actor that's just going to carry on and take up the mantle. Yeah, this is it. And that's why when you know you've got characters and it's like. I mean, Felix is a prime example. It's like, he dies. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, pretty much anything could happen. But that's like, it. That's the first time it's say. really like, wow, like, there's, yeah, there's risk for all these characters. Absolutely. It, it works. It reminded me of watching Dark Knight Rises. We knew that was it. Anything could happen. There's real consequences, stakes. If, if the idea was going to be made that maybe another actor was going to come in, the rest of the cast would stay and they start killing off characters, then it might be a little bit like, oh, I'm not too sure about that because you can never use that character again. But yeah. this is it. So Felix going, his, his death has meaning, not just for Bond, but you know for the audience. And, and, it, and it works because this is the last film. If there is... If they do decide to, you know, come back to us and say, hey, look, we are going to continue this continuity in some degree, but, like, 
It's not going to be about, you know, MI6 or anything like that. Maybe we'll do a spin-off of a certain character. This Paloma, this Paloma character played by Anna de Armas, who, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a reuniting of Daniel Craig and her following Knives Out. But the very short screen time that we get of this character, and tell me if you disagree, she was a scene stealing, like, just, she was badass. She was, I don't know, this is just her character. She was like awkward, goofy, just my cup of tea. Yeah, mixed mate. In listen, with, like she was kicking <laughs> ass. <laughs> listen, kicking okay, you, you're one hundred percent biased here, but I will agree. <laughs> <laughs> we all know how you feel. But yes, oh. she she's good in this. I've got to be honest. She surprised me because I didn't expect her to kick ass like she did. Because you know we've seen her in Knives Out. She popped up in. What else did she pop up in? I saw her in something else. It wasn't necessarily a big part. And we spoke recently on the movie show how she's been cast in the John Wick spin-off Ballerina. And it's like, oh, okay, so this could be interesting. But we heard that news before seeing her in this movie. And yes, she's the, she presents as a bookish type to begin with. And it's what, her second mission? And the then, second week or something, or third week or something. Week. And then, yeah, she's incredible. She's doing all the stunts. And I'm like, yes, bring on Ballerina. She will be phenomenal <laughs> in that movie. But I guess you're sad that her character isn't going to come we, back because look, we, this series is done. <laughs> you go into a, um, yeah, you go to a Bond movie and then it's like you get introduced to, you know, a new Bond girl. You expect them to hang around for more than 10 minutes. Like, we've got Madeline. It can, makes complete. I, I know, I know. And it makes complete sense that her, her character does not come back or help with, like, the final... Like, she's a part of the CIA. MI6 are doing what they're doing pretty much and in, in secrecy and stuff like this, this thing that they end up doing with, um, with Safin. It makes sense. It was just, like... It was just upsetting to me, at least. I agree, like, though. She, when it got into the last yeah. minute, and I was like, when I'm to see her again now <laughs> honestly <laughs> the way that a character, she, did. she came in and out i didn't expect to see her again i was just hoping she wasn't going to be a wrong one because when she's like hey give this cigar to felix i'm like oh no 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 <laughs> don't let it be poisoned or something but nah she was a good one hope felix doesn't die like <laughs> <laughs> well i mean not at no all. but she was no she was yeah she was legitimately great like I mean, she was wearing a very revealing dress. So on one hand, we saw a lot of her, but at the same time, we didn't see much of her because she was only there for 10 minutes. That's enough of that. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, I was about to move you on, to be honest, but yes. I know, but I just needed to mention that. <laughs> All right, Valdo. Valdo, the, the German... Not German, Russian. Sorry, the Russian... Ah, where is he? Who's he played by? He's played by someone. David <laughs> Densick. I mean, when we first meet this character, you think he's just some, like, random, like, small bit. Oh, just a funny little scene. Then he just keeps popping up in the movie. He becomes, like, this character that we have to keep going back to. He's bringing a lot of... I mean, he's playing for laughs the whole time. And this movie, I mean, comedy-wise, like, this movie does... You know, it's kind of funny. Like, there's a few little funny bits. Oh, it definitely like, has its moments. Hilarious, but... but you need it. And 
And I've, I've listened to interviews with Rami Malik, with Daniel Craig, and what they credit a lot of the humor to is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who came in and did a pass on the script. And she apparently added a lot of humor. And it wasn't necessarily adding quips. It was more adding a bit of relief in like tough scenes. So it wasn't necessarily like a big gag, but it was like, okay, so something funny can happen here. But it's more like a like an offline or something. But that was her. That was yes. Phoebe Waller. So not to not to take away the seriousness or the gravity of what's going on, but to just let us breathe and have a moment. And that's sort of it. Break and, it up a little bit. And that works. And apparently there were some scenes between Daniel Craig and Rami Malik, and decisions were made on the day. Okay, so let's remove that quip, and maybe this should be a conversation. Let's have it be more meaningful. This doesn't need to be a throwaway quip. Let's have it mean something more. Yeah, no, that's that's right. And I think later on when we do get like the Bond and Saffron, you know, like exchanging of monologue, both times actually when, when it happens, it's like both of them are pretty, you know, like heart-stopping, like serious scenes. Like they're really having a conversation about why they're doing what they're doing and, you know, like trying to, pretty much trying to survive the situation, but at the same time, you know, make sure whoever's life is in jeopardy is is not anymore, I guess. And how and the, they, comparisons, they chose... the comparisons to how similar they are, just having different methods. This, Yeah, it's, it runs deep. What's happening in this movie? It's not Quippy Bond. Like, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's still, there's still a lot of moments where, you know, he, is, he does have a, you know, a smart, <laughs> that, there's that bit where he uses his, like, the EMP watch, accidentally on that guy he has like the bionic eye thing and it explodes and then he says yeah i i blew his mind or so you know like there's yeah. moments like that where it's like i had a chuckle and that's it and, and you're but supposed they, to and but- they're just timed really well like they're in i never there's never a moment where it's like oh that really took away that moment like i can't yeah that serious moment could have been really epic but they ruined it with a joke it was all it's- placed at the right time yeah. From what I've experienced, anyway. Well, at the, at the start of Craig's time as Bond, no quips, no gadgets. <laughs> That's essentially <laughs> what it was going to be, but it's it's evolved into that. But it doesn't take you out of the movie. It just adds to it. And even though Craig's Bond hasn't always had the quips, it works because it's Bond. It doesn't matter the actor. Bond can yeah. get away with it. It's just not as cheesy as what we've had with previous Bonds. Like, this character has also grown as well, like, throughout the series. And I guess, like, when he is making a quip or or saying something funny or humorous, like, it's it's to Q or something, you know, someone who he's become friends with, someone he trusts, you know, maybe treats him like family. So I I guess he's he's a bit looser in terms of, you know, being... I mean, he's still... Even in that in, in Casino Royale, like he's still charismatic and he's suave, you know, he, and he's supposed to have a personality that people gravitate and, and find irresistible. So he's going to put that charm on, you know, talking to his mates. Essentially, it, it really makes sense. But it does. Like, I agree. At the start, you know, he's new to the game. He's you know, he's around people he he's only just met. You know, like, and it is all very serious stuff. Before I mean, it's a movie we... about pretty much your poker face. So yes. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> from then on out, it's, it's all craziness. Before we move on from Valdo, it might not mean anything to you, 
But that scene, and he's talking about his soup, and he's got the female and male co-worker. Even though we first saw the male co-worker from the back of the head, straight away, I'm like, it's Hugh Dennis from Mock the Week. And other things. <laughs> okay, English, I don't know what that is. He's an English is comedian, Hugh Dennis. He's right. an English comedian. And, and it happens often with Bond films. Like a scene like that, somebody recognisable from within the UK, but not necessarily right. internationally. But there is Hugh Dennis in a Bond film. I enjoyed it. I had a feeling that you oh. wouldn't know who he was. No idea. No idea. Maybe if a, I look at him again. He did a comedy like, oh, okay. called... A sitcom, outnumbered. It was playing on ABC here in Australia. Oh, right. Yeah. 007. Now, when I say that, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, we knew from, like, you know, marketing material and stuff like that that there was going to be a new 007 in this film. Um, but don't freak out, everybody. It is just a code number. That's, that's all it is. And I mentioned that multiple times. It's, been like, it's just a number. Okay, then obviously couple of things, couple of things. But no, it's not. <laughs> it's not just a number. <laughs> but at the same time, I knew going in they were doing this. And it's not as if there's a lady running around calling herself James Bond. She's no, taking on the number. I mean, I do think they should have retired that number. That's okay. But I've got friends upset about this decision to have a female 007. In the movie, like, I mean, they refer to it as, you know, just being a number. And I get it. It's like, no, that's his number. And we feel that ownership of it and stuff like that. But then in the story of this film, when we get closer to the end of the movie, this character of Nomi says, you know, like, I want Bond to be reinstated with that number, essentially saying it's his. And, of course, she does, like, throw it off and be like, it's not a big deal. It's just a number. She's playing that off him to be like, don't make a big deal about it. But it is a big deal. It's a huge it deal. Yeah. And Emma agrees. And all of these characters, you know, they get to this point where they realize like Bond is 007. It's his numbers. And that's why Bond, that's why M says like, like granted or whatever he says. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, they don't say it in the movie, but you know, at the end when everything's all said and done, you know what I'm talking about? Um, they will retire. I, I guarantee they will then retire the number. Yep. And because I feel like the at, is, at the start of this movie, it's sort of like Bond like abandoned his post. Like he eventually essentially went, no, nah, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm doing no. So they were probably just like means nothing. And still hadn't had that sort of rapport and connection to Bond yet. You know, this Mallory, um, you know, Ray Fines's M. So it makes sense that he he didn't think much of it, but then by the end of this movie, he's like, "This guy saved the world." Yeah, no, I, I, don't <laughs> buy, I don't, I don't, I don't buy any of that because the thing is, right? Not just us, the audience. James Bond isn't just another double O. Like any, and yeah. I get the movies are always focused on his adventures in particular, but they're always world-saving adventures. So it's got to be recognized that this is yeah, not just another I mean, double O, but for the story. And for what's happening in this film, and to throw us off a little bit, to have another 007, it, it works for this film. And her giving the number back, I'm really glad that happened. Even though 100%. he didn't need it too long. We'll get to it. But it's, <laughs> it was a nice thing for her to have done. Yeah. And she was a good character in, in her own right. Like, she was off kicking ass. I mean, 
Lashana Lynch, I mean, again, you said earlier, like it was a little bit too crowded to have a character like Paloma, God damn it, um, you know, continue to be in this movie. So, you know, we've, we've had, you know, we've got Madeline, we've got, we've got Nomi and yeah, like she's, she's doing all right. Towards the end of the movie though, I was, I was, um, you know, getting the feeling, I was like, oh man, maybe she's got something sinister. There must be something more to this character, but no, no, no. It's all very legitimately. She's just a new agent and that's all it is everyone's making a big deal like oh it's a it's a a black woman it's like it is not like they've got female spies like yeah it's just the fact that like if she was introduced as like hey this is this is 008 everyone would have been like cool it just people i think we're just a bit (laughs) a bit threatened and not necessarily because not just threatened because it's a female it's James Bond is 007. Like the character, like it's, I mean, the character has lasted for as long as he has. And he's still going yeah. strong because it, the franchise means so much to so many people. I think the last thing people wanted was to get a spin off where Craig wasn't going to be Bond anymore. Yet you had another character carrying on as 007. But that's, that's not happening. It's not a thing. I like him yeah, in this. When, I mean, I know we're going to get to it. But Bond's got a kid. He's like, blue eyes. I've got blue eyes. And then Madeline's like, she's not yours. And I'm like, I don't believe you. But the movie's <laughs> carrying on. But when the girl's in peril and Bond needs to go and rescue her and Nomi's like, I'm going to come with you. And he says, thank you, 007. It was such a good moment. It's just like, it's just mutual respect. Like, it's like, okay, like the numbers are, are yours now. And I respect that, that the one's given to you. Like, that's who you are. And obviously, he's obviously seen her in action and he knows that she's actually, you know, very competent. So it is, it's, it, that is a moment of respect that he, that he I just, as 007. I think if you're watching the movie and, and you have an issue going in, because we knew from the trailers that this is what was going to be happening, not the outcome, but we knew that another agent was 007. I think as you're watching it and Bond acknowledges her as 007 and thanks her for her help, I think as an audience member, if you, you have to go on board well. <laughs> up to that point, you're like, well, if he's okay with it, surely I should See, be okay with it or could be okay if, with if, it. If they gave the code number to, let's say, all right, let's just say another white male, I guarantee it would have had to have been played like like that character would have had to have been a bit of an asshole or something we would have it would have been written for us to dislike him purely because it's like oh that guy's now got his number but i think the way they've done it it's like and i'm not trying to make it a gender thing but i i just feel like you know like it's a it's a woman it's very clearly a different character but i think if it was just another white man in that role it would have been like i don't know i think just creatively they would have just made him just an antagonistic type, not a villain as such, but just yeah, like no. I, I get you. Yeah, play him off as more of a yeah. hot shot, and like, oh no, I don't like that guy. Like he's he's coming and taking his number. Oh. Easier to hate, yeah. easier to hate that character than that's it. They this, they couldn't have a new white male 007 that the audience could potentially like more than Bond. Exactly. Well, yeah, that, and that, I guess that's the reason. I was trying to work out why. I just feel like they had to do it, but I think you just give me the answer. It's like. Because what if we liked him more? <laughs> so they would have done everything in their power then, to write it so we would hate him, essentially. The movie right? so, wouldn't work as well as it does. <laughs> mm. Well, like with, you know, 
Lashana Lynch, it's like, you know, likable character. You know, I don't, I didn't love her or anything. She wasn't like amazing. I wasn't like, oh you man, I can't wait to get back to that character. This is, you weren't supposed to. But I didn't dislike her. It. I didn't dislike yeah, me her too. either. Me too. Yeah. She's back and forth. She was never a dick to Bond, but a bit of rivalry, a bit of jealousy because, you know, she knows. I mean, again, he's James Bond. Everybody knows yeah. James Bond. <laughs> like he's really, he's, he's probably too famous for a secret agent, to be honest. <laughs> and it goes around introducing his name everywhere. Bond, James Bond. And I like yeah. how they work <laughs> that in. Like he, he almost did it out of frustration in this one. When he's like, Bond. Oh yeah, to the James clerk, Bond. But... It just, yeah, it, it works really well. See, it's, I, I like what Lynch is doing in here. It worked for me. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Just mentioning like the things that he's doing as like you know the Bond isms that he's doing in this movie in Casino Royale. You know, when we first meet this Daniel Craig Bond, when he when he orders his drink, you know it's a, it's a long explanation of basically his martini that he wants. Yep. And then I mean I think the first time he says like to have it shaken, but he like he doesn't just say shaken not stirred. You know he doesn't do the classic line. And then after you know he's losing the poker game and he goes up to the bar and it's like you know he gets the same drink and then he's asked. Uh, do you want to don't have to shake it or stir it? And he's like, I don't bloody give a damn. Like he doesn't give a sh- and that really painted yeah. like, wow, this bond is different. He's something Does he doesn't care. Like I give a damn. Yeah. Such and a at life. no point, at no point during the rest of the series does he actually order his drink in classic Bond style until this movie, very early on in the movie as well. And he's like, you know, whatever he's drinking. Then he's like, shaking not stirred. He says it, but it's not a big deal. It just kind of happens. And like, I don't know, I thought it, oh, when, I, when I saw it, I was like, that's a, oh, he did it. He said the thing. It's a big moment. Oh, didn't he, care. <laughs> he it only took him, like, man. took him 15 years, but he got there. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, it would have been 13, but it took him 15. <laughs> if, we, if we just um, just sort of churn through MI6, because they, you know, they play a big, uh, pretty major role in this. You know, like, like I mentioned, you know, um, you know M's back, uh, Ray Fiennes, we've got Q, Ben Wishaw's back. Bit of a revelation with him, you know. He's a gay man, fantastic, all good, much like the actor. So that's dialogue exchange in the scene. Nobody bats an eyelid. Nobody cares. The movie doesn't lose momentum. <laughs> exactly. It's just a thing. He's got a guy coming it's over. Just... He's nervous. He's got. He's having a date at his place. It's just a thing. Yeah, well handled. It's the thing. I mean, that's and that's how it should be. Like, if they're gonna write that character to be, I guess of that sexual orientation, then that's all it is. Like just throw it in there in the most creative way you can, you know, to make it natural and all that. And they did it. I was just going to say, um, it doesn't have to be about sexuality, but we're reviewing a Bond movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, speaking of, speaking of Bond and sexuality, this is probably the, the least like predatory he's ever been in any of these movies. <laughs> and and it, just keeping it to the Daniel Craig ones, it's like every single movie, I'm like, mate, you're being a bit forceful. You can't just walk into that shower. What are you doing? I'm feeling uncomfortable again. <laughs> well, Put your shirt on. You know what? <laughs> I didn't think of it until you just said it there, but early in the movie, and it's with Madeline, and he, he goes and opens the door for her, courteous, gentleman, throws her in and then he goes around to his side and then gets in. But that's the only thing that makes me think of what you've just said there, you know, of how Bond has been in the past. I guess in that moment, he, you know, he, you know, he was, he was a bit angry, <laughs> you know, like he was he angry, just found, but, but he, I mean, he was under the old, impression that 
Yes, but what I'm talking about is the old-fashioned sensibilities. Like, you know, some people would still like a door to be open for them, but Bond being an old-fashioned character, he still did it. But what I'm saying is that's the only thing in this movie that relates to how you're talking about how Bond has been in the mm. past. Back to MI6, though. <laughs> back to MI6, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Naomi Harris, back as Eve, Money Penny. Um, this really does play like a, um, I mean, I hate to do like an end game sort of comparison, but I mean, that's the easiest way. It's sort of like, this is the finale. We've got all our characters in play doing their thing. It's like this little core unit. Oh, do you know what? There's even uh, the Bill Tanner character played by yes. Rory Kinnear. I was just going to like, say, he's like he's, forgot he's in every movie, he's, he's very important for things, yeah, but like yeah. no one ever talks about him. <laughs> No, but he's he's good. Like he always plays a part in a scene, and I thought you were going to overlook him. So I'm glad that you went back and referenced him. <laughs> like, can we just go back? Judy Dench as M. I'm going to go as far as say, in that role, I love her. I think she is fantastic. Everything Judy Dench brought to that role. I loved. And, that, and I think most people did as well. That's why we were so forgiving or just accepting, should I say, how she was M in the Pierce Brosnan films. New continuity. Here she is playing M again. Everyone's like, you know what? We love her. She's brilliant. Moving on. But to lose her and then get Ralph Fiennes as Mallory, the new M, he's so good. I, mm. I really like... And that, that line, you know, with the desk, you know, is the desk bigger or are you smaller? Oh, geez, you're thirsty. And it was just, that was such a good interaction between Mallory and Bond. And it was yeah. so good. And the trailer before this film was The King's Man. I'm ready for right. that movie. Yeah. And then just seeing him again in this. Yeah, I'm really enjoying Ralph Fiennes at the moment. And yeah, he's great as M. I think, you know, at the end of Skyfall, you know, we really got, like, it was almost like, okay, this completes the origin of this James Bond. And now we're going to go into, you know, the sort of the setup of where previous Bond movies have sort of had them. Um, you know, we had, a, we had a male M. We were introduced to Q. Money Penny's now a character, you know, doing her desk job. <laughs> that was the end of Skyfall. We had those pieces set up. Tanner was thrown in there as well. Fantastic. But, um, you know, we had, we had M. Q, money penny, Bond. Let's go forward. And that's why when we get to Spectre, it is very much. It feels like a almost like a true Bond film. Not the best, but I mean, it it feels very Bond-ish. Don't say Bondish. Okay, I don't know. That sounded weird. Um, so yeah, it's just great to see those those characters because you know you think like you think of the old Bond movies and you're like, who are who are the main characters of MI6? You know, you've got M, you've got Q, you've got Money Penny, like they're, they're there, and we've got them, and they're here, it's and they're there at the end. Classic. And it's like, yes, it's classic. Well, classic when, is the word. When they have to go away separate to M, and they're putting the plan together Q, Money Penny, Bond, and then they meet back with M, and it's like, how have you got this information? And the penny drops, and his reaction was just perfect. Like, oh, you guys are working together. Of course. Mm. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's like you always, always helping, always helping and stuff. All right, let's get into Rami Malik then. The, the, the main villain, I guess, Saturn. 
what's his motivation? What's his whole deal? What's your interpretation? <laughs> well, before we get into that, true classic Bond fashion, the villain is disfigured. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing, isn't it? It's a thing in pretty much every Bond movie, the villain in some way is disfigured. This guy wanted revenge on Spectre. They were responsible for the death of his family. They were wrongans themselves. His dad had a poison garden. And revenge. Classic revenge. I mean, I know, a lot, I think a lot of people can interpret this as sort of like, oh, you know, like, as a main villain, it just seems like another, oh, I want to take over the world, you know, maths, mass death, destruction all over the place. Cool. Simple, end of the world type, you know, thing that Bond has to resolve. On the surface, yeah, I mean, you, that's what you get. That is what you get. But they do throw in, you know, obviously that whole backstory, you know, the connections to Spectre and taking them down. And, you know, we get Blowfield, you know, back, Christoph Waltz, we have to see him again. But I mean, like, he has a, he has a set mission and he, <laughs> and he, <laughs> he has a set mission and he does it. Um, and then to keep, to make it personal, it's like he's in love with Madeline. And there's this, like, obviously from that opening scene, there's the, you know, a deep rooted connection there. It, it, you know, there's stuff that I, I do feel like they probably should have, maybe explored a little bit of why he really wanted to kill so many people with like his you know, nanotech stuff. I know that the movie does sort of, I mean, it presents the thing as like, Oh, he doesn't want other people potentially sprouting up and forming organizations like Spectre again. But then it's like, okay, so how does killing certain type of people? Something like what's, what's his method? What's the logic there? I feel like there was something kind of missing there. But it's all good, you know. Well, it this is, movie, yeah, it's a combination. It does get a little bit silly, but I'm all I just go with it. I, yeah, you can in a Bond film. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> I can. mean, that's that is it. It's it's part his revenge and part carrying on his dad's work. And you mentioned he was in love with Madeline. What's in, what's important to note, though, we're not talking about romantic love. Like he saw something in her eyes as a child where she was going to die. She needed his help. And it's, he's not had that previously, that, that feeling of somebody relying on him or needing him. So it was more like a perverse love, but never hmm. romantic. But I Almost like an obsession of, yes. of such. Like, uh, yeah. And just the fact that he's responsible for her being alive, which he found that was just as intoxicating as people him being responsible for people dying. Like he felt he owned, he owned her now. So there it's, is more it's, it's, to, it's, it's an ownership right. thing of like, she yes. exists because I, I, I allowed it to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So there, there is, there's more going mind, on, but... but he's still a Bond villain. And I mentioned Bond's got a kid and those scenes were awful to watch. Like when, when he's holding her and he's not letting her go, awful. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and even in the in those moments, like he's not sure quite like I mean we'll we'll talk a lot about her in a sec, but you know, he's not quite sure if she is or isn't. I mean, I think he kind of knows, but obviously he hasn't been told from the source to confirm it. But even, you know, like Safin is referring to her as his daughter and stuff, and he's kind of like 
okay, <laughs> like, like let's, yeah, it's not till later on where it's like confirmed from Madeline's mouth. And he's like, I know. So I guess, he, I guess he did know, but, but no one told him for sure. So he wasn't going to. Well, he was told no. For him, he rec- he's, he's looking at the blue eyes. Mm. And then she's I like. I mean, that's a, that's a trait that can be <laughs> from anyone. Sure. True, true. But again, like, like ice blue. We're talking ice blue eyes, the two of them. <laughs> and straight away, she's like, she's not yours. And I'm thinking, oh, but it's been five years so she'd have had to have got with somebody. And I was thinking of the, the, um, the time frame. Trying to do the math. Trying to do the math. It's like, I'm pretty sure she, she is his. And then it was an interesting way for him to find out to get it confirmed by the villain. That was an interesting play. But coming from Safin, as an audience member, you buy it completely. So, okay, so this is actually what's happening. Now Bond needs to catch up. Yeah. I mean, if you, you go back to the, the start of the film, you know, when when Madeline and Bond are in, you know, in the car and she's like, I need to tell you something. I think as an audience member, you're thinking, okay, she needs to tell him like about her past or the reason that, you know, like he's being told this thing that obviously is unraveling and making him, you know, super angry at her. I'm thinking now, like looking back and it's like, she wanted to tell him, like, hey, I'm pregnant. Like before you lose your shit and send me away or whatever you're going to do or kill me. I'm pregnant, by the way, just so you know, just so you have that information. And she needs to be a better communicator because if anything was going <laughs> to change his mind, that would have been it. <laughs> I mean, we might come back to Saffron after, uh, Saffron after when we talk, like, you know, the death of Bond and all that. But if we talk about, you know, Madeline, Dr. Madeline Swan, um, is, it, is it Leah Sado? Is that how you would say it? Should I just... I mean, you go know me, that? I'm terrible with names. We so are, say, yes. You know, let's uh, let's go with what you said. <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking like, because my wife and Dona, she was like, she was like, okay, when does she die, you reckon? When do you reckon she die? And I was like, no, nah, I don't know if she'll die. If, if she does, it'll be at the end of the movie. Or like, I was like, why would they give her a flat, like a flashback backstory thing if she wasn't going to be a key player in the rest of this film? And then obviously she is and they rekindle their relationship and like it is really heartbreaking where it's like you know bond really does get i know you said he you know they drove off into the sunset at the end of specter but it really is in this one where it's like you know when they're having that conversation you know over the walkie talkies or whatever they're talking over headsets i don't know just holding a walkie doesn't matter you know it's just like everyone you know everyone who pretty much wants us dead or is after us like it's all they're, they're gone it's all done like we are finally free we have our family like this is our happy ending we've got it let's like come back to me like bond has his happy ending but then it doesn't doesn't work out it was genuinely heartbreaking to have really that is. aspect of it yeah like absolutely i mean even if he was able to get off the island he could never go near madeline or his daughter mm. so, i mean their relationship inspector look it happened pretty quickly and and many bond relationships do just like because he's you know you know he's a magnet for for women so i mean it was like i get that they hook up but it was sort of like oh she was throwing out the i loves you really quickly at the end of the movie it's sort of like okay they drove into the sunset let's see how long this lasts whatever but at the start of this film from that opening you know that opening sequence it was like, holy shit, I believe that they are 100% into each other and what, what Bond does to her to send her off is breaking his heart as much as 
as and from then on i was like no they have they really have a thing so when they rekindle i'm all on board with everything that's that's happening like happening between them like yeah, their relationship too. all of it and then this obviously being involved in the final mission threat all of that the little girl you know in danger cute kid like it's all it's all happening but then Safin obviously poisons the man and like he said he it's 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 not just like hey you're poisoned and you're gonna die it's you're poisoned and you can never feel touch hold anyone again kiss love like and i think like just as a final thing for this character it's like his journey it's like he's finally realized that it's like that's what he wants i mean that's why he left mi6 because he was like i want to i want to love and you know be close with somebody and share that you know he got the whole thing about him being an orphan no family all that kind of stuff and then he's found someone and then now he can't do that i think that's worse than that's worse than death so i think that's why he was very willing to be like i'm going to save the world and just make my demise as is we've never seen it on screen before the we've closest never we've come would be pierce brosnan dying of a day being left behind enemy lines that's the closest we've ever come to anything like this happening. And of course, that wasn't death. But that's, that's what we get here. And I said earlier, with the death of Lighter, you can be accepting of it because this is the last film in this series. But at the same time, I didn't think that's how they were going to end Bond. And it's a fitting way to end this era. It really is. Like, it's such a powerful moment. But again, I didn't go into this movie thinking they were going to they were gonna kill Bond. It's like, it's insane that that's where this movie ended. And I found myself, like, I can't quite explain it because I'm a, I'm a grown adult. But I found myself <laughs> quite emotional. Like, it was just, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was just, it got me it really did the death of a fictional character it really got me because it's like bond has always been around different actors of course but just never in a million years did i think we'd be sat watching a bond film and see him die not have it be a fake out this is it this is the end of his life he died i <laughs> Couldn't believe it. And, and again, we both said going into it, no spoilers, we didn't get spoiled. And if, how? If you, how did that not happen? If you, that's got to be people having some bloody respect like for other cinema Thank goers. Thank you, people. Like, yeah. But imagine. Assholes are not watching this movie. Fantastic. If, <laughs> that would completely, that would really damage your experience of this movie going in if you knew that's how it was going to end. Yeah. I mean, like, when Bond actors switch out, like, they just, they have their, their last move, like, they just disappear. A new one's cast, and then it goes from there. On top of that, like, this is the first time we've really got, like, a through-line continuity from, Daniel, like, the first the first movie in, in any actor's sort of run. So we've had that sort of growth continued story things that happened previously are still affecting this character as we go on so it all builds when we get to this end and like like you i was i mean i didn't cry or anything like that but i was sitting there being like 
I'm feeling this. You're adding all the elements of like, I mean, it's 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 epic. He's he's in this position where it's like, first of all, he's risking his life. Then he's thrown into this situation where it's like, okay, well, now I'm never going to have a life. But you know, he needs to go back and open the blast doors again, make sure it happens. You know, he you know like he can escape the island and still live, but he won't be able to truly live. It's all pretty epic. He's he's obviously he's a bit wounded and stuff like that. He's climbing that ladder. He you know he sort of tells Q what's going on, and then he's like he's talking to Madeline, and then there's a reveal like she does have your eyes. I love you. Like I know. Oh my god, it's all crazy. And then the missiles and boom, boom, boom. Talk about an explosive ending. It's it's massive. And and again, oh, I, I think epic. Even though it wasn't planned, the fact that. A decade and a half we've had Daniel Craig as Bond. It is such a long time. And having so much time pass between films, it just adds to your connection to this version of the character. Yeah, it was yeah. it it was it was a big ending. Did you stick around to see if there was a post-credit scene? Just yes. to see if anything <laughs> happened. Yeah, because I was waiting for like a there's a foot like Chris and he's like he washes up on a beat or something, you know, shirtless <laughs> once again. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I didn't think that was gonna happen. I quickly, as the end credits were rolling, I quickly jumped online and found mm. although there isn't well you'd have seen it, although there isn't a post credit scene, you do get text re- and it reads James Bond will return. I saw that, and obviously, the, <laughs> well, just the character. I mean, like, not I mean, this version, but the yeah. character. And but I feel like they... James Bond will always continue. There's always going to be another Bond, yeah. but this is five and done. Like you said, like one movie flows into the next. We've not I had get that, that they, before with Bond. They always put the James Bond will return thing. I mean, it's just the thing that that always happens. Whether it's transi- transitioning from Sean Connery to Roger Moore or Timothy Dalton or to Pierce Brown or whatever, but they'll always put it on there. I feel like for once, though, it would have been fitting if they didn't with this one. I mean, of course, we know that there will be more James Bond films in the future, but I just, I just feel like with this one, they should have just, should have just left it. And I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, no, I feel like they just should have left it. I get what you're saying, and it would be, you know, in line with out of respect for Daniel Craig, like just let him. Let him have a moment. But, you know, to the, to the producer's credits, they'd been asked, like, when doing press for this film. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's the next who, Bond? Who's the next Bond? And they're like, yeah. we don't know. But if we did, we wouldn't tell you because it, it's not time for that yet. This is still Daniel Craig's moment. He's Bond. And I respect them for that. We know that Bond's going to continue and it's going to be another actor. I mean... The Bond franchise isn't going to go away. But this is a movie that was always intended to reach the widest audience as possible. So some cinema goers, they're not necessarily going to stick around. But if they do, it's just a blanket message to everybody. But it could be confusing to some. And I guess that's what I'm worried about. about Some people will be like, wait a minute. survive. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to run with that. Because, you know, people, they, they get an idea or a thought in their head and they're just like yep that confirms he survived he's coming do you know what maybe that's why it's not been spoiled online because people think he's coming back (laughs) oh so they're like they're not saying anything because it doesn't really mean anything (laughs) i i yeah no no they definitely knew that he was dead but like you say it's just 
it's it's another one of those things, isn't it? Classic Bond. It's like I remember when Marvel started doing it, and my immediate thought was, oh, like James Bond. You know, when they would yeah. say, this character <laughs> will return. But, oh, it's such like a James Bond. Bond thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Do you know, if we if we were just to speak very quickly about the um, yeah, the future and what's to come, I mean, I mean, what I would say is I'm not ready for a new one anytime soon. And I'm talking, and I know like any number of years in Hollywood is like, is, is an eternity, but like, give it like, it's not going to happen, but like give it like 10 years or something. I know it's not going to happen. Come on. <laughs> I, I just feel like, yeah, no, what are they, what are they that would never, that would never happen. I mean, at most I'd say five, but even then, I don't know. Yeah, five's probably an acceptable number. But I don't know. I feel like this this series just really like, you know, they is a new interpretation of of this character. They paid a lot of like homages and callbacks to previous Bond entries and stuff like that. Whether it's little motifs or you know in jokes or you know like duplicated scenes. Oh, did you notice? Did you notice there's a uh, there's a bit where Bond, you know, he's he's running around, and he's just killing fools all over the place, and he walks into the tunnel, and like someone sort of spooks him, and he spins yep. around and he mm-hmm. shoots him, and I was like, oh wow, it's a round tunnel, very clever, I liked it. Um, that's also noticed <laughs> in the opening when he shoots, you don't get the blood. Yes, yeah, I noticed that, but yes, I did see the tunnel, and I thought that was very cool, and that's why I just figured with this movie, and you know, they were starting to do it with Skyfall with the gadgets that it was leaning into classic Bond and little yeah. things like that. Yes, I did see the tunnel. I'm glad you mentioned it. I did see the tunnel. That was that was very cool. But yeah, like you, I think maybe they should leave it for a while, but they they won't. They they, <laughs> yeah. they just won't. Correct. But at the same time though, they they're not in a they're not in a hurry to make these films. We mentioned Quantum of Solace, like you know, they did have problems with that. They were facing a writer's strike. Maybe they needed a couple of passes of the script. It ended up being an extremely short Bond film. It was like an hour 40, an hour 45, which is very, very short. Yeah, I did get some chores done that night. was problematic. But other than that, they do not rush these films. Mm. And just like, you know, with the pandemic, you know, they, they had their reasons for, for delaying, but they're very careful of this franchise. So we, we don't know. I mean, I do. we're not going to start hearing casting or anything like that until it hits home video. Streaming is probably a modern way of saying that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's give our rating then. It's really hard, isn't it? Because this is, I'm, I'm going to say, it, like for me, this is a really, really good film. Like I had such a good time with it. It's not quite, perfect five out of five but it is very close and the problems i thought i was going to have going into it around the other 007 it it was handled very well i i had such a good time with this movie and i said it was definitely worth waiting for every bond film is a spectacle deserves to be seen on the big screen and i'm so glad that that's how we got to watch it daniel craig as Bond, you know, he's not always had the best films, 
we can't just keep bashing Quantum of Solace, but that's the, that's <laughs> okay. the easy target. Yes, we can. He's not yes, always had the best films, but regardless of the film he's in, for me, he's always solid as Bond. He's been fantastic the whole way through. He, he's brought so much to the part. And I had a, I had a great time with this film. I, I really did. And I got emotional at the end. I felt everything I needed to feel that they wanted me to feel. And yeah, I yeah, this is a really, really good film. It is a 4.5 out of 5 from me. Yeah, look, I, I had... I had a good, I had a good time. I had a good time um, with this one. You know, like there, there'll be moments where everything's very serious, realistic, real conversations and strategizing and stuff. It's taking place, and then someone like M will will say to Q, you know, "Hey Q, hack Blowfield's um, bionic eye," and I'm like, "All oh, right, we're we're um we're watching a Bond movie." But that's it okay works, because we it? are. Yes, <laughs> it's like. This, I think this movie embraces all the Bondisms without going nutty about it. It's they do a it's a great send-off for, for Daniel Craig, um, the the character for this continuity. Um, the Paloma character, again, stand out funny bits where warranted or needed or you know without being unnecessary or badly placed great action great drama great emotion like there it is um i'm not gonna go crazy because it i mean again like it, it does get you know it, it's a little bit silly like most bond movies are but i guess that's i guess that's the point but i'm gonna give it a four out of five greatly entertaining great send-off uh, but if, you know it, it's not a perfect movie um and, and you know it's not it's also not the best Bond movie, but it is. Yeah, it's 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 up there. It's probably going to be one of my favorites. Upon other rewatches, maybe things might look a little bit differently. But yeah, no, still, still up there. Four out of five. Okay, got a little bit of trivia here, and you know what? If you check out the IMDb page, trivia page for this movie, it's like pages long. I'm pretty sure people have just been writing things for the past year and a bit, just in it's been a while. But yeah. I thought I'd focus on just the, the the several references to earlier James Bond movies in this one. I already mentioned the the same the opening credits with the same coloured dots as Doctor No from 1962. Um, the movie also ends with Louis Armstrong's song "We Have All the Time in the World," um, as it was in "On Her Majesty On Her Majesty's Secret Service" from 1969. Um, the opening scene follows a quote from Madeline Inspector from 2015 when she says a man came to her house when she was a child. Um, at M's office, there are pictures of his predecessors. So this not only includes Dame Judy Dench, but also Bernard Lee and Robert Brown, who also played M. Um, and Saffron's Lair, which I referred to earlier, um, References Ken Adams' work in the Sean Connery Bond movies, especially Doctor No. Once again, um, and of course, his, you know his location of his lair is an island, which is all very Doctor Noish. So I reckon there is still a thing there. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's probably way more, but that's that's all. Well, I as you say, sort of come across. 
pages of it. But that's good. It's good. The pages, thing there's heaps. There's heaps. I was like, what do I pick? What do I pick? So I, I went with that because that was a, a lot of my takeaway from watching it was it's good. all those callbacks and stuff. Things you selected. And I know we're at the end of the review, but it's just occurred to me. We've talked about Billie Eilish, the composer on this movie, Hans Zimmer. Oh, yes. You know, I love Hans Zimmer. And yeah, this is a great Hans Zimmer score. But it's, I feel like when it's a composer that you're a fan of and you listen to most of their work, if not all, you start hearing other films. And yeah. oh, did, yeah. it's always going to happen. Like, I mean, Danny Elfman, like his <laughs> scores tend to blend into each other. But still, you got that, you got the integrated John Barry Bond theme and it fit well with what Zimmer was doing. Great score. Oh, that's it. And when the when the Bond stuff, like the Bond music, is sort of ha- like it, it sounds like a Bond film. Watching this, like it, it sounds like. And again, I mentioned that Louis Armstrong song over the credits. Once that's said and done, you, we get the you know we get the Bond theme music, and it's always no better way to oh, it's to it's, finish off a uh, Bond movie with without that. one of the yeah, one of the best. And, then, and, like, and I've said, I've said for me how great Daniel Craig has been. And I'll stand by that. But at the same time, the Bond theme does a lot of the heavy lifting also, doesn't it? It does, it does a lot. <laughs> I, go, I go back to like when, when, we, when I watched like, I rewatched like Dr. No and like whatever the second one's called. And it's like, they would just play the Bond. Like this is, I think they had their, they had their little tune and they were like, we're just going to play it every time Sean Connery is on screen. So he'll be checking out of his hotel and it will be like, Oh, he paid his, uh, he paid his, you know, mini bar, you know, tab. Fantastic. <laughs> Bond move. They want to get the money's anyway, worth from Bobby, I guess. That's it. That's it for our review of No Time to Die. Uh, please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. All our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmstudiopodcast.com. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Marvel's Eternals, and be sure to check out our next review, Red Notice. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from That Film Studio. See you soon.